I want to start tonight's podcast talking about do-overs. Who doesn't love a do-over? A chance to do something again, either right or possibly better. We need do-overs in life, in love, in work. You do something at work and eh, maybe it was okay. Can I get a a shot at doing it over? Sure, why not? Uh, In love, how many people people have said, I'll never love again, and yet they get another shot at it. They get to, to do it over. In love, in marriage, second marriages, third marriages. I know somebody who's been married four times call that the I do do over and over again until I get it right um we need them we need you go on a golf scramble with your friends right you don't like your shot you call a mulligan you get to do it over try again get it a little better new year's resolutions a chance to do everything over bigger and better sometimes you succeed sometimes you fail the important word in the do-over though my friends is do you gotta do it or it ain't gonna get done. Hi, I'm Dino Tripodis, and welcome to Whiskey Business, a podcast not so much about whiskey as it is one with whiskey. Our guest bottles tonight are two magnificent Irish whiskeys, which I know nothing about because they were brought by our guest, who is kind of a do-over. Not that we need to improve upon his last podcast. His last podcast was great. But what I realized in that last podcast is there was so much more left on the table at that time that we never got a chance to get into. So we'll get to our guest here in just a moment. But he brought us Powers Single Pot Still Irish Whiskey, the uh, Three Swallow release. Know nothing about it. Also the Jameson Cooper's Crows. I know nothing about it. But he does. And we'll get to that in just a second. Speaking of do-overs, I'm horrible at this thing that we call social media. Thank God I have two excellent producers on this show. John Whitney, who does our video for the YouTube channel, and Greg Hansberry, who handles all the other stuff. So Hansberry, we said that starting at the beginning of these podcasts, we would tell people up front about what they should look for and what they should do before we actually get into the meat yeah, of the Yeah, get, get the business of, out of the way. Get the business out of the way, if you will. Well, because whiskey business is everywhere. It and, is. Uh, we want you to subscribe on your favorite podcasting app. Rate and review us if you follow us on iTunes. Uh-huh. We love that. Like us on Facebook. Why not? Yeah. Find us on Instagram, Whiskey Business Podcast. I like a Instagram. Lot of fun photographs, right? Mm-hmm. Sure. Check us out on Twitter at Whiskey Biz Show. Whiskey B I Z Show. We just added that handle to our Twitter account. Yes, and did, did you know that Whiskey Business is on YouTube? I, I think I just mentioned that we have an excellent producer who does that for he us, is, John and, Whitney. Well, and the cool thing about it is all the unedited shows uh, are right. on there. Yeah. So all, all of the nonsense <laughs> that I clean up and crop out, <laughs> yeah. you can find on YouTube. You can find the raw, ugly stuff as well. Exactly. Plus, uh, bonus behind the bottle shorts shorts which we're going to start doing more of so that's on youtube uh, whiskey business with dino tripodis nice plus uh finally share 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 with your friends the grassroots effort of us whiskey loving nuts which uh has has actually worked i think we've uh, we've increased our our listenership and subscribers so we thank you for that and moving forward we hope to get even more of you on board the uh, whiskey business bus. I mentioned the guest bottles. Our guest is Barry Chandler, who I, I, I met and talked to on our podcast earlier when we talked about your business, StoryForge, 
which was a, a, a unique kind of twist on, on, on marketing a company. You actually get down into the identities and the nitty gritty of what that company's all about. And it was an interesting, we talked about that a little bit. And we're not going to talk about that in, in any type of length tonight because we did that. You can go back and listen to that podcast. It's a really fascinating uh, story. But we got into some of Barry's history in that podcast as well, but left so much on the table as far as I'm concerned. And then after that, um, you started to pop up as uh, uh, as Irish Irish Barry, Irish I mean, whiskey Barry, Irish yeah. whiskey Barry on Instagram, <laughs> which I find interesting because in some texts back and forth to each other, where we were preparing and trying to get you in on this podcast for this St. Patty's uh, Week podcast. Um, you mentioned I don't like stereotypes, <laughs> and then I was, and, and, I, and I thought I had offended him at first because I made like a joke saying that like it, was, it was hard to get uh, an Irishman on 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 the, on the month of March for a podcast, and he writes back, I don't like stereotypes. I'm like, oh, did I offend him? And then I go, wait a minute, he's Irish whiskey Barry on Instagram. How would, so explain that? Is it, is it is it not a stereotype if you exploit it yourself? I mean, exploiting is a big word. I think. Um, aligning with my lineage and my history um yeah so i think the it's obvious what i do by the the, the instagram handle i talk about irish whiskey I, I introduce people to irish whiskey uh my name is barry and i think it gets it cuts through the clutter very quickly mm-hmm. it does a good job and you've uh, and that has just kind of exploded i mean you have your regular business like we said yeah. story forge right has has this Introducing people to 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 whiskey and so this is my pa- this is my night job. Your night so job. So when I come home from Story Forge, I work on the whiskey side of the business, which is called Stories and Sips, right. and I help introduce people to the whiskeys through tastings and through videos and my my, my podcast. Uh, yeah, to try and build an emotional connection with it, Ireland and its whiskeys. It seems to be taking up a lot of your time. Uh, yeah, I'd yeah. like it to take up more of my time. Actually, I really enjoy it. It's. Um, I feel like I'm. I've been here in in the U.S. twelve years, and it's the first time I felt super connected to Ireland again. So there's some. It's like a bridge back to where I came from. So this was actually a tool to kind of reconnect. Yeah. Yourself to subconsciously, I think. Yeah. It, 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 I didn't realize it until suddenly I realized. Oh, yeah. Well, we're gonna dig into you, the man. But first, let's talk about. Uh, let's actually do some some sips and, and stories yeah. right here, and tell us because. Uh, we I som- forget which one we, we have. We sometimes get away from the fact that the that the part of the whiskey business is the whiskey. Is the whiskey. <laughs> the, 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 one of the one of the things is the only running theme on this podcast is uh, not so much a podcast uh, about whiskey as it is so one with, with whiskey. whiskey. And congratulations with these two bottles, you now mark our 79th and 80th bottle. Different bottle on the pot. We've never repeated a bottle on the I was podcast. trying to figure out what might you not have tasted, and I looked through my shelf of whiskeys, opened and unopened, and I looked at these two, and I said, there's a good chance they haven't had these two. These are the, you scored well, my friend. Okay, good. So, so what are we drinking? So right I, now? First I, of all, tell us about the glass all right. that we're drinking out of. So this right. is a, um, a unique glass. It is called the Tua glass, uh, T-U-A-T-H, but you pronounce it like T-U-A, Tua. Tua. And Tua is the old Irish word for nation or family. And this is a glass designed specifically for Irish whiskey. So Scotland has their Glencairn glass. Uh, Bourbon has its, I don't know, bucket. Um, But (laughs) Irish whiskey has its Tua glass. (laughs) It's Tua. You mentioned something that it's designed on the bottom like this so you can actually 
hold you it can without- hold it yep it's got a stem um and it's, it can also be leaned on its side so you could rest it on the table and bore your uh, like a, a, reg- a regular measure in there we've poured a hefty measure in ours so we can't yeah. really do it hefty. but it's big enough to taste <laughs> but also to drink it so some glasses are too small to drink they're just right. for sipping and tasting right, right, right. but you can do both here and there's a wide rim at the top to let some of the alcohol vapors go past you so the ethanol isn't knocking you out immediately. Mm-hmm. So it's good for nosing. And this is, which one are we drinking first? So we're drinking here, we've got the Powers, the Powers. single pot still, three swallow release, very new to the United States. When I I was at, uh, had the pleasure of being at your home, I recalled having a, a Powers as well. You did, you had Powers John's Lane, ah. uh, which is their flagship brand. Yeah. Uh, and this came in, this is now the most affordable pot still Irish whiskey in America, mm-hmm. uh, very affordable. Uh, Powers is one of the oldest brands in the world, or oldest Irish whiskey brands in the world, very storied. And um, what you have here is a mixture of malted and unmalted barley. That's Ireland's signature Ooh, type of whiskey is single pot still. That's good. You think it's hot? I think well, so. I, I think it's pretty smooth actually. I'm smelling caramel, toffee, mm-hmm. Once you let let it sit for a while, swirl it around, you're getting some of the ethanol, certainly, but I, I get chocolate. My, my so, two cents real quick is yeah. uh, I went to the Jameson Distillery back in the day and um, tried all the things, but the, I like the John Powers out of all of, yeah. all of their... Uh, you know, their yeah. labels. That's the one I like the best. It's a very special whiskey. Um, in Ireland, growing up, you either had Powers in your cabinet or Jameson or Paddy whiskey. I know we drank Paddy on the last we podcast. Drink, we had Paddy. We had yeah. Paddy on the podcast. We, we were a Powers house. I remember I, I remember the sound house. of that bottle opening, that, that pop of the cork. That's a familiar sound to That's me. That's one of my favorite <laughs> sounds in the world, whether it's an Irish whiskey or a Kentucky bourbon or a single malt scotch. When that pop comes out of the bottle, I can't. I can't. Uh, see, it's it, the, it, it, it's yeah, not even. It. A, it, it's that new pop. It's the Irish Irish mating call. Yeah. <laughs> 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 so we'll come a running. Uh, so what is this? Uh, this this will be available. It is available. It's available in Ohio. in Ohio right now. It's only been here a few weeks in Columbus. It was in Cleveland before that, um, and yeah, only in the last year has it come to to the United States. This is most Irish whiskeys you'll find are bottled at eighty proof or 40 percent ABV. This is slightly higher. And most of the Irish are annoyed at this because in Ireland, this is served at 80 proof, but here it's uh, 86.4 proof. A little bit higher because in Ireland, for every percentage you point you go up above 40, mm-hmm. uh, there's an extra dollar, a euro or two euros added to the retail price. Oh, so really? excise, yeah. So it's very rare to see anything above 80 proof in Ireland for whiskeys. Which is weird that I say it's hot because, I mean, bourbon's 90, you know, pretty you've basically. Some, you've had some yeah. really mm-hmm. hot But I guess it just stings. I, I you weren't expecting like the it. Irish? I like yeah. it. That's a lovely um, ABV, the 43. Yeah. Just, for me, it's perfect. Yeah. So the people in Ireland are pissed that we've got the, yeah. the higher proof yeah. and, and, they paying can't less, get it. and paying less for it. That's right. That's right. <laughs> What's that retail for, do you think? This yeah. retails for $44. Ah, oh, it's our favorite. Anything under 50, 50 bucks a bottle. Very we affordable. Love it. We love yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. That's nice. It's very nice. And so there's a great story to three swallows. So you'll see on the on the bottle there's three swallows embossed there. Yeah. So this for 200 years the three swallows have represented the Powers brand, and for many years nobody knew why. They couldn't find it in the annals of history anywhere. Why? What had the swallows got to do with anything? Well, seven years ago the Jameson Distillery hired their first um, historian, their first archivist, and she found through the old books of John Power in Dublin she found reference to it, and what it actually refers to is a fascinating story. So the Powers family, very wealthy in Dublin, not only do they make great whiskey, but they were known for having the best horses and the best carriages in Dublin. And they stored them and kept them at the distillery. So if the Powers family wanted to go anywhere, they would call for these horsemen and these carriages. Well, each carriage had three horsemen on it. It had one at the front and two at the back. And if they went out in the middle of the winter or in the middle of the night, it would be cold. 
So each man was given a small little bottle, a small little measure of powers to take with him so that he could drink it and stay warm. And there was enough, only enough in the bottle to keep him warm, but also to still do the job. Not drunk. And one swallow, one, <laughs> one swallow, swallow in each bottle. Oh, wow. So three swallow, three swallows on the, on the carriage, which is a fascinating story for That's the a great story. history. And they've, they've maintained that up to today, this embossing, um, which is a nice little touch. You need more than one swallow to keep say, you let's warm. Not yeah. 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 Let's not limit ourselves. Podcast, yeah. Yeah, you need more than one swallow <laughs> to, keep, to, keep, to keep you warm. <laughs> you know, many of the bottles were embossed back in the day because the Irish couldn't read. Like in the 1700s, 1800s, literacy was a problem. So they came in and they looked and they saw maybe a, a symbol. And the three swallows to them represented a certain age of whiskey. And Powers also had two swallows. And that represented a younger whiskey. So the Irish didn't have to read. They just need to identify how many swallows were there <laughs> to get the their work, whiskey. That's the works Because didn't you say that about just even the size and shape of the bottle, too, at some point? had something yeah. to do with yeah, that, that's too. Right. I remember yeah, you so they recognize that before. It, for sure. It's very good. It's very, very good. How old were you when you had your first taste of whiskey? I was, I was 18. 18? Yeah. It took you that long? Yeah. Yeah. Now, living in Ireland... I know. You were eight? It took you to 18? 13 years longer than most of my friends. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> why, why the delay? Um, I never, I, I wasn't a young drinker. I never took to drinking very young. But when I, I remember I started working in a hotel when I was 18, and I saw a bottle on the shelf that had a, the distiller's signature on it. It was called Middleton, Middleton Very Rare, and it had the signature of Barry Crockett. He was the distiller. And I was fascinated by this because it was the most expensive bottle in the hotel. And it was over £100, which is about $200. And I was wondering, what's in this bottle? How can it be so much? And I started to learn about the history of it. And I was making not very much money at the time, but I saved up my money. And I went on a trip with some friends and I bought a measure of this whiskey. And it was the first whiskey I'd ever tasted. um, First Irish whiskey I'd ever tasted. And I remember, I still remember the bartender taking it off the shelf and then putting the bottle down. And he put the glass beside it and he could see my eyes were wide open. And as he poured it, he looked at me and he said, that'll be like a candlelit procession going down your throat. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I sipped it and I thought, oh, that's amazing. And I can still, I know what I was wearing that day. The taste, every time I taste Middleton, I go back to that one moment in Galway, in the west coast of Ireland. Like a candlelit procession going <laughs> down your throat. That's, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's poetry. That, that's poetry. That always amazes me about when we, when, we, when we leave the country, when we leave the United States of America, and we go out of the country into Europe and uh, other other amazing the the fact that, that that people just spew that shit out so naturally that doesn't happen in America. There's I mean that doesn't you don't you, you would not you would not go into a bar and order a a, a fine Kentucky bourbon and have someone say. Yeah, that's going to go down your throat like a candlelight procession. Of, uh, I don't know. I heard some Irish guy say something, but you know, isn't that what makes us unique? Isn't it? It's because uh, I, I remember. I remember one time when I was in in Greece, um, and uh, for sad reasons, my 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 father was dying, and I was in a cafe, and uh, a friend of his came up to me and sat down, and he asked me, "How's your father?" And I go, "He's not doing well," and and, and then he said. It's a sorrowful glass. Hmm. Best to drink it in one gulp. And he said that just profound, but profoundly simple. and naturally, yeah. just out of, out of his mouth. I'm like, wow. Yeah. Poetry. You right. know, it 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 affected me. Yeah. You know, and and then I tried to 
talk that way when I came back to America, and I completely fucked it up. It was beaten out of you. I couldn't say it. I couldn't do it. But 18 years of age. 18 years and of age. And then you're on your way. And the whiskey was older than me. I mean, the whiskey would have been at least 20 years of age. So I had a, my first whiskey was older than me, which is a... It's, it's, it's been downhill since there since then <laughs> yeah. you know? so you're growing up with your friends are yeah. they drinking and and you're not and when they say berry uh, whiskey it would have been very rare to drink whiskey at that age it was beer it was Heineken it was Guinness but it wouldn't have been whiskey whiskey would have been a, an old man's drink when I was growing up there were very few distilleries in Ireland when I was growing up there was only three and that was the case for a long time so whiskey was just an old man's drink predominantly okay so then once again let's let's just let's bust up the stereotype everybody, yeah everybody assumes that if you're from Ireland you were drinking that you were you know, knee high, right? And yeah. it's not the case. Yeah, no, it's not the case. And I think so. You were drinking beer. Um, I never took to beer. I always thought it was a waste of barley. But <laughs> I, I, the I started drinking. Did you smoke? Eating. Did you do drugs? What did you do until you did were? Did you not enjoy yourself, Barry? <laughs> <laughs> How did you have fun? They had you too, I guess. Tell me you got laid off. This is going to be a very sad podcast. Went to church. Were you an altar something. boy? I was an altar boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Wine. There's wine. I didn't drink the wine, no. No, of no. course not. No. I'm sure I made up for it in later life. Now, <laughs> now I've got more whiskey than I know what to do with. Uh, <laughs> is that really ever a problem? More <laughs> no. whiskey than I know what to do with. I'll figure it out. Yeah, people yeah, say please. that all the time when they come and, and visit here. They walk around and like, wow. You got Yeah. Everywhere yeah. I look, there's brown there, water. There's, there's, something, yeah. there's something everywhere. Yeah, well. We always say that this house is just a liquor license away from being a, one of the better bars in Columbus. <laughs> if that's the case. Now, do, do, for you personally, when you find out the history, and I know you love the history. Yeah. You, you do that in Sips and Stories, and you're so wonderfully eloquent and, and so sincerely involved in, in telling the tales of this. Does that enhance the taste for you, does that hundred percent? Yeah, hundred percent. Knowing something yeah. extra about the whiskey, does that does yeah. that bring more to it? Look, we want to. We all want to fall in love. We all want to connect. We all want to bond. I'm bonding with generations of craftsmen and artisans who've put together this whiskey, and knowing that these are now distilled twelve miles from my house in a distillery, where you know, in, where I grew up, twelve miles from where I grew up, in a distillery that's hundreds of years old. So, how often do you get back to Ireland? Three, four times a year, maybe. On purpose. I don't go against my will. I mean, I mean, I'm not dragged no, there. I'm saying, is, yeah. you, you know, because I have to go to Florida yeah. two or three times a year. Right. Because my mother's there. Okay. You know, and when I say have I, when to. I have to, I, <laughs> sure. I'm, saying, I'm saying it's an unspoken thing. I must go to Florida. Now, granted, I enjoy it and I love seeing my mother. Right. But, but you, 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 do you feel the pull to go back? Is that why? I think the last 18 months as I've gotten more back into whiskey, I've gone back for more reasons than just family. I've gone to either shoot episodes or I've gone to visit distilleries or I've made new friends through the whiskey community online. That's been a big source of joy for me. So I get to do that and see my family as well. But now, the last time I went home, they got ta- they got tacked on to the last day or two of a two-week <laughs> visit. <laughs> First 12 days were whiskey distilleries and then they got squeezed in on the last 48 hours. But oh, um, So you're just having a, a, a blast. I mean, life's short. Is it? It is, I think. Is it is you life know, short? I think life's short. Like, I mean, we're, there's so much to do and see. Can you squeeze it all in realistically? Should we even sleep at night? You know, we're trying to squeeze I, I, it all in. I, I, trust me, t- you're talking to somebody who's been sleep deprived most of his uh, most of his life. I think I've I've uh, 
I've squeezed a lot out. How old are you, if you don't mind me asking? I'm 40. 40. Yeah. I remember 40. I will be. <laughs> I'm on the back nine. <laughs> uh, no, no, don't say that. Round of the I'm corner. Go I'm going. I'm going to be 60. You are now. In April. You don't look it. Well, God bless you. Thank you. I'm pickled. I'm preserved. I'm well preserved. You got a, over a copper, years. copper livers. <laughs> so it's interesting to, to hear your perspective about you know life is short at forty. Do you, do you feel like oh, because I, I, I feel sometimes like sixty's not bothering me. Yeah. But I am aware of the fact that uh, how many quality years yeah. might might actually be left. You know. I'm getting more and more. Aware of my time and more and more wary of where I spend my time. Mm -hmm. Even if, if something's going to take a day, I take a little bit of time to consider: is that a good day? Is that a day well spent? Right. Because there's so many other things I want to do. Will that thing get me closer to the things I want to do, or does it just take me away? Do you question? Do you do you question your mortality and worry about it? Do you do you obsess over? It? No, I don't obsess over it. I, I'm aware of it. I, I know I, some people that since yeah. they were 20 years of age. Yeah. And I hear people thinking, "Oh man, I'm 30." I'm 30. Yeah. You know, my life's over, Hansberry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fucked. <laughs> but, uh, and, and, and I probably don't help yeah. with this, but. I don't know. There's a lot to see and a lot to do. And I'm, I, I'd, I'd rather, I don't want to regret anything on the deathbed. You know, the number one response from people is that they spent too much time at the office. They think they regret, you know, that they, right. they would have done more with their family or traveled and. You know, why not do that now? I see a lot of people waiting till they're retired to do the things they want to do. But what if you don't have your health when you're retired? Or what if you don't make it that far? But if you don't, if you don't do it now, well, then yeah. when? Yeah. And do you think thus far uh, at 40, you, you've lived your life the way you want to? Yeah. Yeah. When, yeah. when did you start you, to? Well, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I, don't you? You were you like traveled the world yeah. on a, on a cruise ship for a while? Yeah, we, like, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, I spent four years on ships. I've circled the globe twice, and I've. I think I've visited 80 countries, but I've I've got more to do. Like now I'm, there's quality things to do. Like now that I found like a nice whiskey, is, can I just sit and ponder ponder the world with a whiskey in my hand? And you know, what, that's, do you, what do you ponder when you ponder? I, I could ponder a puddle. I could look at a puddle and just ponder it. I, I like I like headspace. I want to I want to think about things. <laughs> I want to ask why, and that gives me great joy. Just it's the Irish. We we like to think maybe sometimes too much, but we a glass in our hand and. Maybe not too many glasses in her hand, but just one or two in her hands and thinking. It's and a nice thing. I'm curious if, if you're doing stories and sips, has that also transferred over into what you do with Story Forge? I mean, are you able to are you able to apply apply principles to both, and consequently make stories and sips yeah. a little better because of what you've done to Story Forge, absolutely, and yeah. also bring a little bit of that from Stories and Sips to Story Forge and, yeah. and make those presentations 100%. that much more effective. 100%. Look at, so they, they complement they one complement another. They complement one another. Look, I think the, the Irish were, I think we're, we have some level of storytelling ability in Ireland and whether I'm doing it with whiskey or doing it with businesses, I'm hopefully sharing a story that helps them achieve something, whether it's a goal or get somebody introduced to whiskey or Ireland. That's It's just storytelling. How I'm just spinning the coin, you know, in a different direction. Does the accent help? It does. Well, it does. Without it, I've got nothing. Like, let's, <laughs> let's be honest. They'll discover I know nothing. <laughs> would, would stories and sips be nearly as engaging if I was narrating it? I don't think so. <laughs> well, I was asked to do a whiskey tasting. I was asked to participate in a whiskey Irish whiskey tasting coming up to St. Patrick's Day. And I was asked if I'd, if I'd attend it. And I, and I asked what it meant by attending. And they said, well, this whiskey company asked if I'd sit in the audience and listen to an American teach me about Irish whiskey. And I said, no, 
The week of St. Patrick's Day, no bigger insult could an Irishman be served than to sit there, let, let the man with the accent and a few whiskeys under his belt lead that class instead, and I managed to get them to, to change their mind. I've addressed this in, in previous St. Patty's podcasts before, but wh- why so huge here and kind of a, eh, is it a, it's not, it's not that big a deal over there because as, as it is here. There's more Irish here than there is in Ireland. And there's more of a, I think there's more of a romantic, nostalgic look in Ireland here than there is where in, in Ireland itself. So you've got 80 million Irish around the world claiming, you know, claiming Irish heritage, wherever they're, whether they're in China or in the United States. And I think there's something about belonging, something about being part of something. And if you're... You know, America's just made up of... It's just such a melting pot of cultures and backgrounds that everyone's everyone's holding on to something. The Italians, the Greeks, the Irish. Sure. And they, they hold on to... I, From my observation, it's maybe more of a nostalgic view of the thing than the thing itself. And often, the Irish-Americans are disappointed when they go to Ireland and they see we have roads and televisions and the internet and they're wondering where are all the thatched cottages and the, the men they're, talking to cows on the side of the road, you know? They're waiting for it. <laughs> they they want to yeah. go where, wherever John Wayne was that's with right. the quiet man. Yeah. That's what I want to yeah. do. I mean, that's... that. I mean, that's the romantic... I, I do. Well, you can go there, but you just have to go back to 1952 to get there. That's, that's fine. <laughs> yeah. That's fine because I've never been to Ireland, yeah. and and I I kind of I do romanticize about it a little bit. If I were to go, yeah. I'd want to go into one of yeah. those little little. Pubs. So those places still exist. There's there's nooks. There's there's little outposts of old Ireland, but authentic old Ireland, not the made up maybe what I would call the Hollywood Ireland, you know, that, that's, that's, that's fantasized about in movies. But there is authentic Ireland. You go on the West Coast, the rugged coastline of the West Coast, being hammered by the Atlantic Ocean and winds for thousands of years. There you'll find a random pub in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, there you go. Where you wander in there and you mightn't leave for days. You mightn't have had a sandwich or anything to eat in those three days, but you'll be fine. You had a few whiskeys, a few Guinness, you told stories, you laughed, you joked. That's living. Do they like us over there? Ah, yeah. Americans? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, the Americans are very welcome. Yeah, uh, yeah. always have been. Yeah, always have been. Yeah. yeah no, I mean, we, when we see you coming, we flip the prices. We give you American <laughs> American pricing. <laughs> I prize. expect nothing less. <laughs> sure, my mother remembers her aunt who emigrated from Ireland. Her, her aunt would send home what was called the American package. Every year around Christmas, there'd be a box would come home with American things. And back in 1950s, 1960s Ireland, to see such such things you could never have seen the likes of in Ireland little dresses or or candy or just something American that would have been so out of reach to the Irish so there's a there's a rich history like we've been sending people over there for years you've been coming back it's a lovely virtuous circle that just keeps going around and around it's an it's an interesting uh, story because I remember when I we moved to Greece mm. when I was nine years of age mm. and we moved to the island that my my father was born on what island was that? Uh, Icaria. Okay. Icaria. Ah, yeah. Um, uh, one of the blue zones, if you're familiar with the blue zones. You know, familiar with the blue zones? The blue zones are, no. p- are different parts of the world where people have uh, an incredibly uh, long lifespan, ah. longevity. They live okay. to be in their 90s because of the diet and the yes. way of life okay. and, 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 and how they approach things. And Icaria yeah. is one of the blue zones ah. where people live well into their, to their 90s. Uh, there was a story I, I remember in the um, New York Times Magazine where a gentleman, um, a Greek gentleman, had was diagnosed with cancer and six months to live. And he said, if I only have six months to live, I'm going to go back to the island. And he went back to Icaria where his parents were still living. And over the course of those six months, he started to adapt to the uh, the diet yes. that they had and also uh, to the way of life. And after six months, he was still alive. Wow. Uh, a year later, he was still alive. 
three years later, still alive, eventually cancer gone. Amazing. And he goes back to the States for a visit and looks up his doctor, which he can't find because he's dead. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, there, there's, something, there's, something, okay. there's something to it. But my, my point being, when I went there at nine years of age, I had brought things back. Mm. With, I brought things from America with me that they were you know the other kids that i got they were just fascinated with and like yeah and and like you know com, you know uh, american comic books and board games and and american music and it was like i was bringing this whole different culture to the island in yeah. 1969 that they were completely unaware it's amazing yeah no I, I wouldn't underestimate the impact america has had on the world and culturally how it's impacted and it's given people something to aspire to for many generations too you know america was always held up as that thing you, if you were right. lucky, you'd get there someday, you know? Right. I mean, once again, I, I go back to the to the cinematic version yeah. of, you know, people uh, getting on boats and, yeah. and and coming to America. Titanic. Uh, <laughs> the, the Irish and the yeah. Italians and, you know, everybody getting on the boat and, and, and coming to, to New York and, right. and, and making their way yeah. in, in the great America uh, that it is today. Now we're going to pour the, uh, the Jamesons. Cooper's Crows. Cooper's Crows. Tell us a little bit about this one. So three years ago, the the Jameson Jameson uh, company in in the Middleton Distillery in County Cork decided they wanted to create a series that represented the best of the the masters in the distillery, the master Cooper, the master distiller, and the master blender. Three of the most important roles in a distillery. And obviously, the distiller is responsible for. Um, the whole distillation process from start to finish. The blender is responsible for making sure that what ends up in the bottle is the right flavor profile, is the right mix, the right vatting. And the cooper is the man who repairs the barrels. He's the man who's putting the heads on the barrels. He's the man who's fixing any leaks. And in this particular case, the the cooper in Middleton Distillery, his name is Ger Buckley. And Ger Buckley is the fifth generation cooper to have worked at the Middleton Distillery. And he uses the same tools to repair barrels that his great-great-grandfather did. Wow. So what a Cooper's Crows is, a Crows is a, it's an implement that's used to dig the groove into the inside of the staves of a barrel so that you can put the head on the barrel. So that little slot on the top of the barrel, this Crows goes around the inside and chops a hole and slices a hole inside. So it's, this is a Ger Buckley's version of what he thinks is the best Irish whiskey. And it's actually been aged in four different barrels. Virgin, American Oak, uh, First Fill Bourbon, Second Fill Bourbon, and then Iberian Sherry. Uh, and it's wow. an it's an amazing flavor profile, yeah. incredibly complex. Just from the uh, from the nose, Hansberry, I'm gonna I'm gonna hazard a guess and say you won't find this one nearly as hot. Maybe I'm wrong. It's um, it's bountiful. <laughs> it's bountiful. <laughs> <laughs> Did you word bountiful? You've never used the word bountiful. Ever. <laughs> I'm not even quite sure what it means, <laughs> honestly. I find it bountiful. <laughs> so, <laughs> look, that's an interesting description, certainly. <laughs> but, but you can't say I'm incorrect. <laughs> feel, feel, feel free to use that one in one of your presentations, Mary. Uh, I think you'll find the Jameson uh, Cooper's Crows bountiful. <laughs> in, in Aromatically. And its taste and aroma. <laughs> I went. I went to the distillery a few years ago, two years ago, and they told me that. Oh, wow. um, isn't that's, that beautiful? That's beautiful. Yeah, you get the, the. You can get the wood. You can definitely get the wood out of that. The 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 oakiness, the 
Oh, this is the vanilla that comes oh, yeah. out of the, the... It's bountiful. It's very bountiful. <laughs> yeah. Some might say. One might say. <laughs> one, one might say. <laughs> no, that's that's very, very good. Now, this is available in Ohio This is available well in Ohio. This is about $80 a bottle. A uh, well over. worth it. Well yeah. worth it. Uh, you know, we always uh, say on Whiskey Business that we, we strive because not everybody has uh, the money to go out and, and, and buy Absolutely. $80 bottles. So we always well, find but the, on St. Pat's Day, the, maybe, the $50 yeah, or less bottles. But splurge for 80 bucks. you know what? I would I would pay the 80 for that one for sure. Of the three in the Maker series, this is so there's Cooper's Crows, Distiller's Safe, and uh, Blender's Dog. This is my favorite. This is by far my favorite. This is the... The Cooper's Crows. The Cooper's and this gets voted one of the favorite whiskeys at all my tastings. So whenever I provide this one, even amongst, even when it's put up against Red Breast, and you're familiar with Red Breast, which to me is one of the greatest whiskeys coming out of Ireland, this consistently gets voted number one. It's bountiful. <laughs> you, got, you got your name for your episode now. <laughs> In a previous St. Patty's uh, podcast, we had our... Our mutual friend Martin from Telemardu, mm-hmm. who's no longer in the states, he's 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 back over there, isn't he? And and you know what he's doing now? He started his own whiskey company. Did he really? He did. So you're gonna have to have him back. And he's he was back in Columbus a few weeks ago for a quick visit. Uh, Maybe he was hired. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me know next time he comes back because we, uh, we had him on the podcast and we, we yeah. talked about Telemardu. That's right. And then he and I, along with Hansberry. Uh, went out afterwards. Oh, I heard about your night. Yeah, we yeah. closed down. The police told something. me. <laughs> <laughs> but we finished off the evening uh, with uh, some Red Breast Twelve. Yeah. No better <clears throat> bottle. No mm. better bottle. Yeah. No better bottle. Is that one of your favorite? I mean, oh, how, yeah. Do you, can, is it possible for you to have yeah, a favorite uh, yeah. number one yeah. choice in the Barry desert Channel? island? It's going. To, I think it's going to change over time. Ask me in two years, it might be different. But today, if I had one desert island bottle, it would be Red Breast Twenty One Year Old. It is. That seems to pop up in your photos on Instagram quite often. As as it's just insanely good. I I remember one photo, but was it was it the Redbreast Twenty One? Was that a photo of that that it had not been opened, and you were like amazed that no one had uh, had opened up that? Was it was was it the Redbreast Twenty One? Yeah, that had not been opened. I opened it after that. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. that's it. Yeah, and and that's and good for you. It's amazing because that's how I feel about great whiskeys. Yeah, you know, I was like. Oh no, we can't open that one. It's a. What's the point of having it if you're not going to open it at yeah. some point and drink it? Look, I go back to that time when I was 18 years of age and I was saving up my money for one measure of whiskey. Never in my wildest dreams did I think I'd afford a bottle. And now that maybe I can afford the bottle, I'm going to drink it. I'm going to enjoy it. Right. And it, it's just it's an for me it's just a beautiful thing that I can tie it all back to when I first tasted it and now I can sip on that and I can enjoy it. And it, it's just it's a lovely thing. You were recently married. Is your wife a, a whiskey drinker as well? I met her at a whiskey tasting. Okay, there you go. Okay, I met her at an Irish whiskey tasting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she's lovely, by the way. She's lovely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. She's a lovely girl, and she loves whiskey. She loves Irish whiskey. Does she go to the tastings with you? Uh, Occasionally, yeah. She's heard she's heard the spiel over and over again. Now she's heard the stories, but um, she's she's a great help for setting up and taking pictures. (laughs) Heard the stories of blah blah blah. Yes, you're. Here he comes with that story again. There we we go. go. You told it different last time. That's right. That's right. (laughs) Shut up! Shut up! Uh, do you share the same tastes? And uh, no, she, she she prefers actually. She'd be more of a Scotch drinker than anything. She loves a good peated Scotch, and she loves the Irish peated peated whiskies. There's one called Connemara, which would be her favorite. I'm not a fan of the peated whiskies at all, but that would be her her choice. So we're um, and is she Irish as well? No, she's from she's from here. She's from here in Columbus. Here in Columbus, Ohio, yeah, but no yeah. Irish descent. No, no Irish descent. Scandinavian and but no Irish. None. No, no, none at all. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, now there we go. There we go. Now yeah. she's she's half Irish now. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She'd love to live over there, and she she loves going back there. Yeah. So she goes with you when you go yeah. back. Yeah, 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 yeah. She loves it. Yeah. And uh, it. and did you think that? I mean, was that your first marriage? Was not your first no, marriage. My ninth. No, it wasn't. <laughs> Dino's face. The do-overs. The I do duo. The I do do-over. I do 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 do-over. No, that's my second. When I first, uh, years ago, 12, 13 years ago, um, I was married and... You are yeah. married, you were young. Young. I should have known better, but uh, I didn't. Well, you might, you might have. It just didn't work out. So, yeah. Big yeah, deal. That's it. Yeah. It's, it's training. Dress rehearsal for the... <laughs> for the real one. For the real yeah. one. For the yeah. right one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah for sure. That's From a Columbus girl. I'm... I married a Columbus girl. Fuck yeah, yeah man. <laughs> Besties. <laughs> I'm keeping an eye on you tonight. I'm what? keeping an eye on you tonight. Because <laughs> you've already we're ha- we're ha- we're only halfway through the podcast and you're and you're fist bumping. Hey, Columbus girls. <laughs> Two sips in. These anybody's. <laughs> oh man. So how are you celebrating St. Patrick's Day? Let me ask. Well, you. I was, there you know, it's fu- it's so funny that you kind of brought that up because uh last year it was on a Saturday. Yeah. It was on a Saturday. And I hated it. And let me tell you why. I love St. Patrick's Day. I love and I mean this in the most affectionate way possible. I love the struggle. I love it when it's on a weekday. <laughs> I love the fact that it's on St. Patty's Day is on like on a Tuesday, a Wednesday, Thursday, a Monday, uh, whatever the case might be. And the fact that you know you're going to go out and you're going to do it up because it's St. Patty's Day, knowing that if you have responsibilities, you have to tend to those responsibilities the next day. I love when that gauntlet is thrown down and I have to like, no matter what like I the do challenge. on St. Patty's Day, I've got to be on my game the yeah. next day. That's, when, that's the Dino challenge for when, when sure. When it's on a Saturday, you know, I I can get I can get drunk on any Saturday I choose, knowing that Sunday is Sunday, and I'm going to rest and sleep in, whatever might be the case. It's easy. Now it's on a Sunday this year, though, so that's kind of halfway a Sunday, between. So, no, so a Sunday. It's a school night. If it's a school night, you have to be someplace on Monday, in theory. And I know some people will take it off, <laughs> whatever the case might be. But when I was uh, in radio, if, if St. Patty's fell on a Sunday night, yeah. I have to be there Monday. But I would not cheat myself of St. Patty's. See, most Day people celebrate. If it's on a Sunday, most people celebrate on the Saturday. So this year, everyone's going out on the Saturday. You understand my thought process there? It's kind of a very Catholic way of thinking. You know, the. It, we must make it hard Just for ourselves. It must be, yeah. yeah. It's almost like self-immolation. You know, we must make it very hard for ourselves yeah, and I, I, I wanna, punish ourselves. I wanna, yeah, because well, especially on a Sunday, you can't celebrate until after you go to mass, and you're going right. to go to the mass early. Well, when I grew up in Ireland, mass. the pubs were closed on on, on the afternoon of St. Patrick's Day because it was a holy day. Mm-hmm. They weren't allowed to be open. Now that's changed since we had the separation of church and state. But in Ireland, we didn't we didn't drink at all. I I, I feel you gotta you gotta earn it. You gotta earn it. <laughs> you gotta earn it, and you like, and then you show up if it's on a if it's on a Sunday, and it is this year, you know, and you go to work on Monday, like, whoo! Last night was, but here I am. You know what? I survived. I made it. I did it. And you know, but if it's on a Saturday, and you know, you got nowhere to be on Sunday, it's like eh. we need to put a trail of obstacles in front of Dino, so he's got to like climb over hurdles, get around <laughs> yeah. trees. You need to make trunks, it a little harder. Make it hard for him to get you to the need pub. To do, you need to have something planned for me on a Sunday after a Saturday St. Patty's Day because I did not do it up last year. 
on St. Patrick's. So you can make Day. up for it this year. I'll make up for it this year on a Sunday. What do you What do you got in mind? <laughs> talk to you off air. <laughs> do you have some place I could go on? on uh, nah, there's on, There's uh, always somewhere. There'll always be a candle in the window somewhere. You know. Boy, I'm, I would hate to say that I'm torn between the two, but I really do like the Cooper's Crows awesome. a little bit better. Don't don't uh, don't doubt your palate. It, uh, I feel you know. Before you got here, we decided to to tease our palates a little bit, but we stayed in in the Irish whiskey world. We had some writer's tears, lovely drop, which, which we've had on the podcast and you before. Kindly brought to my house last I time did. you visited. I yep. brought you a, a bottle of it, but since I brought you that bottle, it is now available here. That's in right. Yep. Yeah, that was the first yeah. writer's tears I've had over here that you brought to me, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden it popped up. Yeah, I was I was happy to have brought it to the table. Yes, that was so, a lovely drop, so to speak. We had a we had a wonderful night. I mean. And let's talk about that for a second. What what the what the camaraderie of of whiskey brings yes. together. I mean, I have been in in bars over the course of my life where people have just gotten just shit faced, drunk, and it's gotten ugly. Yeah. But there's a certain amount of civility that's also included in, in the art of drinking whiskey and camaraderie, which brings out which brings friends together that's and, and stories and experiences. That's right. Whiskey's for sharing. Whiskey's for telling stories over it's yeah it's for bonding i don't you might be surprised to know that i don't drink whiskey alone in my house i don't if i'm drinking whiskey i'll have friends over i don't sit there and just sip on a whiskey i see it as a purely social thing a completely social thing completely social so you won't have one just by yourself why why, i would say very rarely very rarely my wife and i've talked about this regularly in many ways i'm almost happy that I'm not drawn to having a drink. I mean, I've got 80 open bottles on my shelf, you know? I understand. So I I have a great, I have a healthy respect for the bottle and for what's in it, but I do see it as a a camaraderie and a bonding thing, and I don't, I've never been a big drinker, but I appreciate it, and I like appreciating with people and having people tell me what they think and what they like, and there's nothing nicer than telling people a story about this and then hearing how much you like it. But isn't it interesting what what the perception of people might be? I mean, if, if you go by the mm-hmm. by the handle of Irish whiskey berry, mm-hmm. you know, and and you have eighty open bottles in yeah. your home, and he I mu- have, yeah, he must be a alcoholic. Yeah, yeah, You go there's there's a bar. The, yeah. You haven't been downstairs yet, but there's no. a bar downstairs, and there's a bar up here, and there's a bar outside <laughs> yeah, for he's the, got three the, bars the, the pond, yeah. and everybody assumes like, oh, that guy just must be yeah. tanked twenty four seven. Right? No, not. Yeah, you take a couple of days off a week. <laughs> but but I do sometimes do drink. I yeah. uh, I I tend to uh, when I'm writing, I tend to pour yeah. uh, a glass of a favorite whiskey. Nothing wrong with that. While I'm writing, yeah. Um, I see you've got a Hemingway quote over there: "Write, write drunk, edit sober." Write drunk, edit sober. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, he wasn't too far off. <laughs> there have been times where, and that yeah, edit sober for sure. Because sometimes <laughs> right. when she write drunk, I'm like, what the. Right. Is this? I know. I know. Yeah, but yeah, I, I. But you know, to sit alone and 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 drink till I was drunk. No, that would yeah. seem that would seem like a, a lost venture. Well, we've always said in Ireland, you you drink for two reasons. You either drink to remember or you drink to forget. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's um, I don't know. It's an interesting. Ireland obviously has had its problems with alcoholism and still does, and it's a Once terrible again, part of our history. Is it? Is it a yeah. part of your history, oh, or God. is it part of the stereotype? Uh, no, it's absolutely part of uh, the, the culture in Ireland. It revolves around the pub, for good or bad. There are very good aspects of the community that's built up by having a pub as that central point, but because you're in a pub, you, you couldn't order a Coke. You'd have to order a pint, you'd have to order a whiskey, and that's not a great thing, and 
look, the Irish have never been big sharers about their emotions and if they're struggling with things. It was just push it down inside you, have a few drinks, you'd be grand. Were your parents like that? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, it was never, it was always, alcohol was never just, you couldn't have, for many of my parents' generation, and a lot of mine too, alcohol is not seen as just a social thing. It's a scene, it's seen as a thing to either get a bit of courage or forget about things you don't want to remember. It was a solution. Yeah, yeah, which is never a good thing. And so there's been a lot of, there have been a lot of issues with that, as you'd imagine, but I think there's a big social focus now on drinking better, not drinking more. Like, let's learn about where our drinks come from. Let's understand the impact it can have. Let's not drink more. Let's just drink better. And I think mm-hmm. that's a, a preferable approach. Were your parents big drinkers? Yeah, my dad was a big drinker for yeah. many, many years. Um, and it got the better of him. You know, he had to give it up and dry out. And uh, yeah, I mean, he could have been killed many times because of his alcoholism. Because of wh- how much he drank or yeah. because of what happened after he drank? Getting into a car with, you know, drinking. He could have killed himself, could have killed other people. Or he could have just drank himself to death. He could have choked in his own vomit, you know. Awful. Drinks are a, a curse. And you, say, and you say he dried out? He dried out, yeah. And he stopped drinking? He stopped drinking. How hard was that for him? Um, very hard, I think. Um, again, he, he grew up in a home where emotions weren't talked about. And so... He lost his father when he was 10 years of age. He saw like things that children shouldn't see when they're young, you know, poor, poverty-stricken Ireland back in the 40s and 50s. And he lived through that. And there was nobody to talk to. And so, and he went to sea. He was he was at sea for many years. And there it was all about drinking. And, mm-hmm. you know, it wasn't a, a very empathetic environment to people's feelings and emotions. And so I think alcohol was always the cure. And so I think that uh, got the better of him. And he just, when he, when he retired from ships, he was, he had nothing to do. Sure, he'd have a drink, and mm-hmm. then another one, another one. Before you know it, sure, he's three sheets to the wind. And what? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of curious if you, don't, if you, if you can share it. Yeah. What, what? There's always seems to be, for those that stop, mm-hmm. there always seems to be a, um, a hit bottom, <clears throat> yeah, moment where they say that's it, I'm done. Yeah. If, if they, if they have the courage and the ability to do so, do you know what it was for your father? Yeah. Um, the choice between seeing his kids again or seeing alcohol again and once we once we we dried him out like we literally sat on him my sister and i sat on him really for three days until the alcohol left his system and then let him consider that proposal a little bit more sober than when how he started. old are you when this when this sitting upon your father this was occurred? this was six years ago seven years so ago recently. this is very recently so your father's yeah. still alive still alive healthier than ever he's 72 years of age he climbs mountains three times a week holy shit he he leads groups of 30 40 youngsters up mountains he's the first up the first down he left alcohol behind him and he realizes that there was a better life out there but he was on ships for so long he didn't realize there was another world out there like he could go he could climb a mountain he could meet people he could talk to people they were there he just needed to know that there was a there was somebody there to talk to Maybe for years he hadn't known that, so the demons get pushed inside. So, so someone like that, does he uh, does he lecture? Does he say? Does he would he tell you like it's evil? Look, I can tell you stories of what it did to me, or will he leave you to make your own decisions? No, he'll leave me to make my own decisions. But you can imagine the 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 challenge now when his son is in the whiskey business, right? And um, last time I was home. 
I was a full day in the Middleton Distillery doing a, an episode of Stories and Sips, and then I met him for dinner in Middleton outside the distillery. I could have invited him in there, but I didn't want to, you know, I didn't want to sure. bring him back in and tempt him with that. And so we met afterwards, and he didn't ask me much about it, but he wasn't also saying, "Hey, watch out for the demon." I think he knows what do I've you, seen. And do you think he's tempted still? I don't think, think he's it, tempted. No, you don't, no, 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 you don't I don't think, think that so. ever leaves. Um, he's an alcoholic who. Oh yeah, who, you're always who, an alcoholic. Who, yeah. who, who, you're always an alcoholic uh, if you're. Uh, a compulsive gambler and you've quit gambling um you still get you still get the taste to want to make a bet so oh, look i mean look when you're a child and you see that you're, you're when you're growing up you always worry that that's going to be you yeah uh, maybe it skips a generation or i don't know what happens but was that, that part was of it fear. for you oh it was i mean yeah, yeah, yeah. We, I didn't we, drink we, we I go young. back to what you said yeah, earlier yeah, yeah. you didn't have your yeah. first drink till you were 18 yeah, 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 so yeah. was it watching your father that said because sometimes been, yeah. it, it 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 goes one of two ways either you see your father drink and you want and and you say it, it you check it off and yeah my father okay, drank yeah, it yeah, all drink. yeah or you see some of the ugly and you're like I don't want to be that way it was probably more the latter and I probably made subconscious decisions to avoid it I'd seen maybe its impact and didn't like it and so I think um, I remember I tried my first drink at 18 but they I went off and then for years after that I think it was 21 before I had another drink. So I was 18, 19, I had a, a couple of drinks, and then I went off it for two years, and then 21 I had a, I had a beer, and then, but it's always, I've always been, had this awareness or worry, well, what if I have three? Will, that, will I want to have 30? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And luckily I've never needed that, but I'm very, the people closest to me in my life have been, I would always say, if you ever, if I ever look like I'm having one too many, be the first to tell me right. rather <laughs> than me find out, yeah. you know, like the hard way. Um, but yeah, no, I, I have no, I could go for months without a drink, and I have no issue with it. No issue no, whatsoever. I could I could be in the whiskey business for the next twenty years and, and never sip a whiskey, and I'll be fine. I drink at eighteen, not again till twenty one. Yeah. Uh, I, all I remember is uh, losing my virginity at <laughs> fourteen years of age, and then n- not having the opportunity to have sex again till I was eighteen, and <laughs> I missed it <laughs> over the course of those three four years. So. It's interesting that you had a drink at 18, but didn't have any didn't desire no. to have it again at 21. And I mentioned your mother. She's still living as well? Still living. And did she drink? I think she drank at, at, at maybe acceptable Irish levels, whether that's... What's an acceptable <laughs> Irish level? What's an acceptable Irish level? No, I, I think... She... <laughs> Equal to less than Italian. <laughs> <laughs> I think that the, the, the culture my parents grew up in was one where alcohol was a, an essential integral part of the day-to-day existence to get to the next day you might need something it was life was not easy for my parents growing up and i don't think there was any mechanism in place in ireland to help them deal with it to deal with life to deal with the tragedies of their lives the poverty of their lives nothing existed to help them think about that except alcohol has that shaped you 100 percent, it's shaped me absolutely influenced you me. oh 100 percent and how you live and yes, and, and, and how you work and, and, yes. and how you feel about 100%. Life. Because I come back to being 40 again and, yeah. and, and you're looking down the road at 40 years of age. Yeah. What do you see? What, what do you see for the next 10 to 20 years for Barry Chandler? What do you hope to attain? Uh, it's a big question. I, I know it's a huge question. I, I come back to this idea of headspace and thinking time I come from a country where we're not busy every day now some of that leads to you put a pint in your hand you know but I I look at it the other way I want 
not to be busy so that I could consider things, so that I can think about things. Mm-hmm. I, I would like to sit on a pier overlooking the water somewhere with a notebook and I'd like to write a poem. I'd like to just think, you know? I, I don't want to be busy. And in the American culture, if, if you say you're, how, if somebody asks you how are you and you say I'm quiet, you know, they, they, they almost look at you like you've, you've lost a family member. Right. And I say, no, I've designed my life to be a little bit more quiet. And they're like, mm-hmm. I'm sorry to hear that. No, 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 I've chosen quiet. It's a choice. Yeah, so I don't want to be busy for my whole life. The Irish, getting back into Irish whiskey, strangely has allowed me to connect with what's important. I've met the most incredible community of people in Ireland through this, through Twitter and Instagram, who've connected with me, who've had phone calls with, I have video calls with, I go and meet, I've gone and meet them in Ireland. We've had the most heartfelt conversations about life and love and whiskey and everything in between. And that has come as a result of me reacquainting myself with this devil drink, you know, it's a <laughs> <laughs> devil drink, yeah. Which well, is no. a funny, what an ironic thing, you know, yeah. that, uh, that I would use alcohol to improve my life and to make it to build deeper connections at, uh, you know you, you it's the tools that you have at your disposal and how you use those tools you know if if you if you've got an axe you can cut down a tree or you can kill somebody <laughs> right <laughs> it's what you decide to we've do we've all with, seen the shining it's, a, it's all <laughs> what you decide to do with the tools and how you use them i mean i find you to be a a very interesting and, and, and fascinating kind of guy. We've we've texted privately. I'm 20 years your senior. You know, in theory, you could be my son if I would have. Uh, yeah. Well, no. If, you, if you'd managed to find that second girl, was it? <laughs> <laughs> but but in, in our texting, I, I think I, I don't care what age you are, whether you know. I, I'm sure there's I'm sure there's certain things in life. At, and experiences at 60 that I could share with you mm-hmm. that you would say, huh, I never thought about that. Right. But it's interesting that it, at your life experiences at 40, based on your childhood and what you grew up with, there are things that you can share and influence me as well. And I think mm-hmm. that's a, I think that's an incredible thing. Mm. Yeah. yeah, it's interesting. It's Well, I remember when you were at my house and you were sharing some amazing stories of some things you've done. And, and like even we got very topical at the moment but we got talking about Lady Gaga somehow and you pulled out a photograph of your daughter in New York my uh, daughter in New York with Lady Gaga Gaga. in in her lap yeah Yeah, yeah. and uh, boy you know we never know when we meet somebody how they've lived and many have lived and and to be able you I think this is I said this to you the first time we did this you you have an, an uncanny ability to extract things out of people and I think what a gift that is that there's so many people out there that we could learn from and that you have this ability to extract things from them. It's um, We never know what people are going through. We never know what they've gone through or what their hopes and dreams are. And I think this this kind of a medium and this kind of a format is good for that. I, I, I Well, thank you. I, I appreciate that. But I, I consider these podcasts and the conversations that we have to, to be adventurous. I don't do a whole lot of prep for these things. Mm. I have one or two things or three questions. I I want this podcast to be just as intriguing to me yeah. and interesting and uh, as it is to the people who are, I, I want to hear things for the first time as well. I don't want to know the answers right. ahead of time. You know, I don't want a, a list of questions that I know how you're going to answer and yeah. what the case might be. I want it to be an experience for me as well. And I think there's a certain amount of, uh, of uh, um, adventure and sincerity in that 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 uh, otherwise would be lost if, if if i knew all the answers ahead of time yeah. so what what have been so you've now 
what, 90 episodes or 80 episodes? Well, we've had, no, we've had 80 bottles. We've 80 had bottles. more episodes because some of our uh, podcasts have been two-parters. And okay. we've had some what we call whiskey shots. Okay. That, that, you know, little uh, fillers when we didn't have a full podcast in any given week. But we've had clo- uh, close to uh, 100 or so uh, podcasts yeah. since we started. Yeah. But so the, how has life what, how has that affected your life? How is it beyond the logistical setting up and recording and releasing and editing? What has what have you taken out of this that you that suddenly you've had this aha, boy, that has all culminated in me now having this insight. Have you had any of those? Aside of him having to buy more liquor for me. <laughs> boy, this thing's Anything, expensive. Yeah, <laughs> it's an expensive podcast. I'll, I'll say that much. No, um, we're 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 in our. Second or third year with this, Hansberry? Two and a half? Yeah. Maybe three? Okay, I've lost track. Um, you, what you said earlier about being able to extract things out of people, I don't know if that's a, a, a skill, a gift, whatever the case might be. I just f- find it very fascinating and interesting, and, 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 and I'm happy that I'm able to do it uh, because I learn from other people, you know, uh, Anybody who says, eh, there's nothing you can teach me, I'm 60 years old, bullshit. Yeah. I think, there's, I think yeah. there's so many things out there that are still yet to be discovered and learned. And I guess that was, that's my big takeaway from this podcast mm-hmm. is that I sit down and I talk to people and, and I find out things about their lives that, uh, that can unconsciously maybe influence, influence mine in a way to make right. you think. You know, you hear the old uh, the old cliche. Uh, there's always somebody who has it worse than you, and there's somebody that has it better than you. Yeah. Whatever the case might be, um, and sometimes you find out that people are the same as you. Mm. You know, they have they have some of the same fears and some of the same woes and and and, and troubles. Um, and, and that's what I find interesting about this podcast. Our guests have run from A to Z. Um, one of my favorite podcasts here was one called Matt and Alcoholic, where the guest bottle was no bottle. And he was a friend of mine who I did not know was an alcoholic until, you know, he had hit that bottom mm. rung in life. And he shared that openly and honestly from start to finish. And I found it fascinating, mm. fascinating and heartbreaking. Mm. And I think uh, that. That's that's yeah. my takeaway from yeah. this. That I can still learn things about people and um, and have the opportunity to share them right. with, with folks as well. Yeah, uh, such diverse conversations. Too. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, thank you yeah. for for being one of those people tonight. Like I said, uh, when I mentioned earlier in the podcast about the do over, we talked about Story Forge, which is a very successful company, and God bless consider, continued success with all of that. But I wanted to get a little deeper into Barry Chandler. I think you shocked me the first time because we went relatively deep. I would say the first time round, yeah, and we were on a stage at the, the out of yeah, the, um, and it wasn't the, the most Racino. intimate atmosphere. And I said, I got to get them here in my house, yeah, where we can just talk yeah. a little bit more in depth and have some fun. And I'll be honest with you, when you said I'll bring the whiskey, I went yay. <laughs> 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 because I think an Irishman bring... who's in the whiskey business can't bring the whiskey yeah, to yeah, something wrong. Yeah, 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 for sure. So, um, 
So let's let's find out how people can find you as yep. well on Instagram and all the other uh, social media. Yeah, so you can let's... find me on Instagram, Irish Whiskey Barry. Mm-hmm. You can no go... stereotype included there. No stereotype. No. I don't have any pictures of potatoes, <laughs> just whiskey. Um, you can go to storiesandsips.com or you can find me on Twitter at Irish Whiskey BC and, uh, and Facebook.com slash stories and sips. Yep. Love to connect. And StoryForge? StoryForge, storyforge.co.co mm-hmm. uh, website. And. Um, our Facebook, you can search for StoryForge on Facebook and find us there as well. Okay. So anything related to stories, you'll find Barry attached to it somehow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, the guest bottles have been uh, Powers, the Three Swallow release. Am I getting a good shot of that, John Whitney? All right. And the Jameson Cooper's Crows, which is my favorite out of the two. Thank you, Barry Chandler, for bringing the bottles. Uh, whiskey, Hansberry, am I forgetting something? Yeah. Uh, whiskey Business, of course, is on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Search for Whiskey Business with the Nutrifotis. <laughs> Check you know out. I'm going to compare. You know, I'm going to compare your 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 listing of I've these got, things you know, now I had, I had th- as you really, did in the beginning. Did, did he have a drink? I've got something in my throat. I think I swallowed a frog. A frog along the way. It's 160 proof. Is it? <laughs> drinking. Go on. But guess what? We, we are newly on Twitter uh, at Whiskey Biz Show. Find yes. us on Instagram, Whiskey Business Podcast. Like us on Facebook, please. Come find us. We got a bunch of stuff there. Rate and review us when you subscribe us on, on iTunes. We love you there. Thank you. All right. I do want to ask one more thing of you before we go. Um, and I was reluctant to, to even put this on, on the podcast. Uh, today's been a sad day for me. I'll, I'll be perfectly honest with you. I have a, I have a cousin um, who, by the time you see this podcast, people, he, he will have passed. Um, he's one year older than me. One year older than me. And, and had some misfortunes along the way with his health that, that uh, led to his demise. Um, I still haven't gotten the official hmm. word on it, but is there anything in your Irish heritage uh, toast to uh, those departed that uh, maybe we can put on this podcast that would yeah. be for my, my cousin yeah. Tommy that, that, uh, that, that something in his name and... Yeah. For lack of a better word, his honor that would that, sure. would, that would last that maybe uh, once on the internets <laughs> would would well, would last forever. So if you, if you got something yeah. like that, I would I would like to impose upon you to to share something, if well, you would please. It's a, a, a sorry to hear of, mm. of, of your trouble and uh, poor Tommy. But you know, as he goes on his next journey, um, may the may the road rise to meet him. May the wind always be at his back. And may he be in heaven a half hour before the devil knows he's passed. There you go. For you, Tommy. 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 Whiskey Business, my friends, is a Never the Luck production produced with the wonderful help of John Whitney on our YouTube channel. And, of course, the incomparable and bountiful (laughs) (laughs) Greg Hansberry. My name is Dino Tripodis. Until the next bottle. See ya.
Hit Pass Moto, sponsored by Moto America, is the show that keeps you up to speed on the latest in motorcycling and brings the biggest names in motorcycle racing right to you. From candid interviews with the top names in racing to providing insights into the trends and trendsetters driving the motorcycle industry, we have you covered. New episodes are available every Thursday at pitpassmoto.com and on your favorite podcast app. Ride on.